Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. God, that's when we will truly see the move of God that we want to see. Not just some of us, but all of us. What would happen if all of us were walking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. One of the ways that I can describe it, I'm going to give you some scriptures, but just right off the bat to kind of give you an understanding, is it, it means it's something greater than us. It's something beyond what we can do. There's no way that gest- gestational diabetes can just disappear. Something happens. Something comes upon that prayer time and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is present. But one thing you must understand and know is that anointing does not come lightly and it does not come easily and it does not come just anywhere. It comes where the presence of the Lord is. It comes where his anointed people are. And I would look at it too as this, as a a divine seal from God, a divine hand from God on our lives. We should all be desiring the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you're going to see that we have it as we believe, but just like faith, we can use, some people use their faith more than others. Some people walk more in the anointing of God than others. But I want us all to walk in the anointing of God tonight. So let's look at the Old Testament and kind of see where this started. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see in the Old Testament that kings and priests and prophets were anointed outwardly. So it was an outward anointing, and they would use oil and understand, church, that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, as we know it today, was not manifested yet. It was, it was, it was not like an indwelling like we have today that happened at the day of Pentecost. And so the oil in the Old Testament symbolized that anointing of God. And when God would say, that's my man, that's my woman, that's my person that I'm going to use, that's the person that God, my hand is upon, he would anoint them with oil, and it would be to symbolize a more profound, deeper, stronger call of God, and it would set them apart from other people. How many believe we're set apart from the other people tonight? We're set apart, amen? And we're different. Tomorrow night at the square, we're going to go out there with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And what I want us to understand is this is going to make what you do on Thursday night or at your workplace on Friday morning or in your neighborhood or wherever you're going or whatever you're doing or in the supermarket or at the gas station. It's going to give you an understanding of what is operating and what is happening when somebody comes to faith in Jesus Christ or when somebody is pricked in their spirit. To listen to you. Something is operating. And it shows here in 1 Samuel 16, and right before I read this, I just want to, like Jesse said, remind everybody about Friday night. If you want to know what's going to happen after the rapture, come Friday night to this movie. If you're wondering what's it going to look like, if you're wondering what you don't want to be here for, make sure you come to this movie Friday night. We want to have way more people this Friday than we had last Friday. Amen. We want to have more visitors and more people. So, um, we've got more tickets that we're going to have passed out tomorrow. They're going to come in. They came in today, actually, but they're not here. Uh, we're going to have more tickets tomorrow night at the square. We're going to pass out more. We, ordered, we, ordered, we already gave out 3,000 tickets in, in the first week. And now we're going to put 4,000 more out. So we're just keeping order. That's, that means that we've, we did a good job at getting the seeds out. So 1 Samuel 16, it says, Then Samuel took the horn, horn, sorry, horn of oil. 
and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit, here it is, here's the key. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So we see here there's an oil, a horn of oil anointed by Samuel through God. God says, I want you to anoint David. He goes and does it. The oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He gets it. And he begins to walk in it from that day forward. So God's presence was with them, and his favor and his protection was upon them. When you have the anointing of God, you have God's favor, and you have God's protection upon your life. Again, it's like a, it's like a I'm with him, or I'm with her. Amen? It, God, God says, I, I'm behind that. Or you hear, hear somebody say, I, I, I endorse that, or I put my stamp on that. I agree with what this person is doing. When we are under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God is saying, I'm with you. I'm in this. I'm involved. I'm doing something, again, beyond my own power. Psalms 20, verse 6 says this. Now, I know that the Lord saves His, what? Anointed. I know that the Lord saves His anointed. So that would be elect. That would be chosen. Another word is God puts His hand on His chosen. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Now, the Old Testament stuff, remember that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. It's, I get it wrong, too. That's why, that's why I let you guys do it. <laughs> Just kidding. So the Old Testament is pushing to the new, and it's telling us in this Samuel getting anointed, David being, being anointed by Samuel, and having that anointing on him is pushing towards Jesus coming. Everything is always pushing towards the coming of Jesus. So Jesus comes on the scene in his ministry, and here's where we really begin to see the Holy Spirit operate. And this is what I want you to understand tonight, how amazing it is to think about the fact that God himself uses us. I am always humbled Blown away, amazed, and shocked when I hear a miracle that I prayed for or I was involved in. And I say, God, what an amazing blessing to be used by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And all God is looking for is available vessels. How many available vessels do I have here tonight? Just willing. And you see, if you were to go back, and I'm not going to take time on that. If you were to go back to look at that story of David, how many know in that story... David wasn't even there. He wasn't even chosen to be in the lineup. And that's what, that should give us some hope tonight. It should help us understand that God's not looking for what the world looks for. He, he, he can use talent and he can use ability, but he's not looking for talent and ability. He's looking for availability. He's looking for someone who says, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. I'm here, I'm available, I want to be a vessel that your Holy Spirit can flow through. Here's one thing I want you to think about that, that may be the most important part of the whole message when it comes to the anointing. If I empty myself of myself, I make room for more of the Holy Spirit. If I, if I die to my flesh and my desires and the things that maybe. As Paul said, this is, not, this is, uh, is okay, but it's not beneficial. 
He says, some things are not wrong, but they're not beneficial. And I make those decisions sometimes, like I've talked about before, to turn the radio off and pray in the car, or, or turn the TV off and spend time with God, or read the Bible instead of scrolling Facebook. Those things are where you're emptying yourself so that more of the Holy Spirit can come in. And so if we wonder how the Holy Spirit anoints and how it works, the less of us that is involved means more of God involved. And the more God is involved, the more He's going to move. Does that make sense? So when I, when I crucify my flesh and I empty myself and I, and I come against my desires, I'm emptying myself and more of the Holy Spirit is filling me up. And so that vessel is being full, flu, flu, fluidly moved through by the power of the Holy Spirit. If I'm full of myself, if I'm full of flesh, if I'm full of carnality, then the Holy Spirit can't move. And so he'll use somebody else. So we're making ourselves available. And we're emptying ourselves in that sense. And here's, here's what Jesus did. How many know nobody made themselves more available than Jesus? He said, I'll, I'll leave heaven. I'll go down to earth. I'll, I'll live a regular life. Remember, church, Jesus lived a regular life for 30 years. The King of kings and Lord of lords just Outside of a little bit of time, we see there a very short amount of time where he was in the temple. And it doesn't mean that was the only time he went to the temple. That's obvious. But he had a little moment where he couldn't contain himself. And he, 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 got, he got a little bit ahead of himself and he began to preach. And his parents had to go find him. But outside of that, he lived a normal life where he just emptied himself of himself. He didn't make himself known. He was unselfish. He was humble until his time came, and his time comes right here in the book of Luke chapter 4. Now, as, as we're seeing this leading up to the coming of Jesus to the earth for his ministry, here's an interesting thing to understand. Peter, or sorry, Jesus, as our anointed king, and I gave you a whole bunch of names on Sunday of who he is. One of the things he is, is he's our priest, and he's our prophet, but the biggest thing he is, is he's our Messiah. Okay, he's the Messiah. And the Messiah means the anointed one. Not just so we are, we are anointed ones, but he is the anointed one. And that's what Messiah means. So he came to be the anointed one. And, and, and in Isaiah 61, we're not going to look at that because it says the same thing. Prophecy says about Jesus from Isaiah exactly what we're going to see him fulfill right here as he empties himself. And we're going to look Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 22. Look at this. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now this is so interesting. Again, this was not the first time that he had read the Word of God in the synagogue. Remember I just mentioned, he was 30 years old when he started his ministry. So it says it was his custom to go into the synagogue and read the Scriptures. But he was humbling himself and emptying himself until the day that he allowed God to anoint him to do something greater. How many in this place tonight would like God to anoint you to do something greater? Amen. Greater. Maybe, maybe God has used you, and I hope he has, 
But I know that for me, in the time I'm living in my life, I'm not satisfied with what I've done. I want to do something greater for God. I want the, the end to be better than the beginning. I want the latter to be read, better than the first. I want to finish stronger than I started. And I want a greater anointing of God, a greater hand on my life of God than I've ever had. So Jesus gets this, and it says, he comes into the synagogue, stands up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this is what's in Isaiah 61.1. You can read it later. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he, God the Father, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Church, right here what we're reading is why we need the anointing. To preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's freedom, that's, that's breaking chains. And recovery of sight to the blind, that's a spiritual recovery of sight. Not a physical. I mean, a lot of people are blind today. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and then it's one of my favorite things in scripture he closes the book gives it back to the attendant and sits down just sits down and all the people's eyes are on him this is very important I want you to catch this this is what the anointing does the anointing sets you apart. What I mean by this is when you are witnessing and you are in, did we, did, I didn't want to go there yet. Go back. We, to, and the eyes are all fixed on the synagogue. When the anointing is on you and you are witnessing, for example, or you are telling someone about what God has done in your life, sharing your faith in any way, there is a kind of anointing in you because it's the Spirit of God using you, but there's a difference between that and when there's a real anointing on you where when you walk away from those people, they are impacted. They know they have been in the presence of something great and they know it's not you. Are you following me? They... May, may not tell it to you, they may not say it to you, but they sense something. This is what we as a church desire every time we have a service. That when people leave, they might not remember the message or the songs sang, but they know they were in the presence of the anointed one. That they can't deny that they were in the place where God is. That they can't deny that their body is healed and their mind is transformed and a lot of times they've been saved from sick, from sin, and they're born again. It's the anointing that does that. And so he had read the scriptures before. Did you not see that that was his custom? But now the anointing is upon him this time different than before. It's a different level. And so... They gave it, he gives it back, and they, they're, they're looking at him, and they're sensing something is different. Now watch what it says. 
And he began to say to them, as he's sitting down, and he, he was just going to humble himself and not say anything, but they were all looking at him because they sensed something was different. And he says, and this is the drop the mic, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This goes back to Sunday, I am that I am. The one you just read about and the one you've been reading about for about 700 years, that's me. And I wasn't going to say anything because I just am humbling myself, but you're staring at me because you sense something is different about me and I just fulfilled that scripture. That's me. So all bore witness to him, this is interesting though, and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, but they said... But isn't this Joseph's son? So sometimes even the anointing can be dismissed by your past. Or can be dismissed by familiarity. Can be dismissed by somebody. That's why when you know somebody, maybe they don't respect the anointing that's on your life because they knew you before you knew Jesus. Are you following me? And now they're around you and they're like, there's something different about this person, but it surely can't be anything special because I know this person. We used to party together. Obviously, that's not the case with Jesus, but we used to party together or we used to go to school together. or I've known them since they were a kid. And, and a lot of times the anointing can be quenched. The Holy Spirit can be quenched because of familiarity. Because people don't recognize the gift that is on someone's life. Jesus had that power and that anointing, but he couldn't be used in that anointing, even being God himself around his own family, because they said, this is just the carpenter's son. This can't be the anointed one. And that's why the Jews missed him, because they were looking for a king riding on a horse, and instead of a king riding on a horse, he was a humble servant riding on a donkey. But he was still anointed. How many are still here? 1 John 2.20. This is to you personally. To you who are here and maybe you say, you know what? I don't know if I believe this. I don't know if I'm anointed. He says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You know what the anointing does? It gives us the mind of God. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you more than you, than you listen? He does want to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants you to know that decision you're supposed to make. But you need the anointing. When you're clouded in your mind with other things and carnality, I'm going back to that, it doesn't even have to be sin, it's just carnality. You're feeding your flesh and starving your spirit, when that's happening, you're not going to hear the voice because you're hearing too many voices. But when you set yourself apart and you spend time in prayer and you get alone with God and you read His Word and you hum humble yourself, then you can start to hear His voice and it says, you'll know all things. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now He who establishes you, sorry, us with you in Christ and has anointed us, is God. See, He has anointed us. We have an anointing tonight. We have an anointing as a church. We have an anointing as individuals. 
But I believe that God wants us to have a greater anointing. He wants us to reach more people. He wants us to affect more people. I believe that Peter caught this. And something changed in his ministry. And part of it obviously was the obvious infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit with the boldness that he had, as we talk about a lot of times, where maybe you're here for the first time or you haven't been here for long, where Peter was so so afraid and ashamed of Jesus that he denied him three times. But once he got the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he went out and preached and thousands of people were saved the first time. And then later on in his ministry, I, I want this. He's so anointed that he's walking down the street and his shadow is healing people. I can see my shadow right here on the carpet. I want, I, not for my glory, not for me, for His glory, and that's when you get the anointing of God, when everything you do is for His glory, not for yourself. But you want to be so full of God that as you walk and see your shadow, someone standing there, they get touched. Someone can be healed of gestational diabetes without even praying for it. Because the power of God is here. Someone, someone else is going to share their testimony. They were telling me this week about a healing. Same thing. We can be praying in a service and not mention that spirit of infirmity. But the anointing knows and heals it. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Say this with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. And He wants to use us tonight. And he wants to, the more glory we will push up to him, the more he'll use us. The more we empty ourselves, the more he'll use us. So we're seeing this word anointing, anointed, anointing. Now look at one more verse, verse 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. So I want you to understand something. This is important. You might be here tonight and you might say, I, I'm not anointed. Yes, you are. If you, don't, if you say you're not anointed, then you are rejecting and arguing with the Word of God. You are anointed. Chosen. God seals upon you. He says, That's, they're one of mine. However, like anything, just like faith, we all walk in different anointings because of how much we give in to the Spirit of the Lord. Does that make sense? It's kind of like having a gift and how much you use it. But this tells us the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. At salvation, there's an anointing on us. But you can have a greater anointing. If you're here tonight and you're happy with your anointing, then stay there. I want a greater anointing. I want to be used greater. I want my words to be more impactful. I want my life to be more of an example. I, I want, like I said, my shadow to heal people. I want to go to a place and then wonder, what is it that he has that I don't have? I want more. We can have more. We can have, and, and, that's, and that's an obvious thing. I'm going to finish with it in a second. But the more I have of God and the less I have of myself, the more he's going to come out of me. Doesn't the Bible say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? So whatever you've got your heart on is what's going to come out of your mouth. If you're passionate about God, you're going to talk about God. 
you're passionate about the Word of God, you're going to talk about the Word of God. If your passion is a hobby or sports, and I mean that more than something else, then that's what you're going to talk about. Sit down with someone for five or ten minutes, and you're going to know what they're passionate about. You're going to know how much anointing they have because of what they're, what they're talking about. So let's keep reading that. It says, The anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but not sorry, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, this is important right here, you will abide in Him. What separates us tonight, if we were to see, if we could see in the spiritual realm, and if it was important, who has more anointing than other people, you're going to see that the people who have greater anointing are not people who are more loved by God, more chosen by God, or special to God in the sense of that. You're going to see people who are abiding more in God. You catching that? Whatever you do the most in life is what's going to come out of you. If people who are good athletes, practice. People who are good singers, sing. People who are anointed by God, spend time with God. And so if you want that anointing, the great news tonight is, it doesn't matter how little you think you are, how unspecial you think you are, you can have the greatest anointing in the kingdom of God as you abide the most in God. Amen? Are you catching that? By abiding in Him. So, I close with this. We, we get the anointing by the holiness of our lives. And I, I shouldn't say get the anointing. We walk in a greater anointing, because I just told you we all have an anointing, by holiness. Holiness is our separation to God. It's, it's those decisions that we make when nobody's looking. It's, it's the... The right things we do when no one's... Those things build the anointing of God. Because God is always going to be closer to those who are close to Him. That, that kind of makes sense, right? If I'm seeking Him and I'm diligent, diligently seeking the Bible says He's a rewarder of those who do that. And to me, I would rather have... And I don't say this to sound spiritual. I would rather have His anointing than His blessings. How many, else, how many else could say that? I would rather have his anointing on my life than his blessings. That should be the most important thing we want. That his power and his presence would be so great in our lives that nothing, none of that other stuff matters. It's just a bonus. I want his anointing. And so we close with this in Romans chapter 8. Here's a few verses that kind of we can meditate on, read later, take home with us, read in the next few days. How can I have a greater anointing? Let's just read this. Because the carnal mind, sorry, Romans 8, verse 7, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor, it can, nor can it be. So then, look how simple this is. Those, and let's just leave this part up here for a second. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So when I'm walking in the flesh, here, here's what I can't do. I can't walk in the flesh 
and walk in the anointing. Does that make sense? I can't, I can't, it's oil and water. So the more, and, and, and we understand in a sense, we are flesh. We understand we are flesh. We make mistakes. We are sinners. We fall short. But I think you get what I'm trying to tell you here. I think you get what I'm trying to say. Carnality is who we are, but we have to make a daily choice. Paul said, I die daily to my flesh. Daily. If, if, and, and, and when I'm reading the word, and again, when I'm praying, I know it, you, may, you may get tired of hearing that in this church, but you're going to hear it until Jesus comes back. Because there's nothing more important than praying and reading the Bible. When you're praying, when you're reading the Bible, you are, you are going against your flesh because your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to read the Bible. Doesn't. Your flesh wants to watch TV. Your flesh wants to eat. Your flesh wants to sleep. Flesh doesn't want to pray. Are you kidding me? Your spirit wants to do those things. And so if I'm walking in the flesh, I cannot please God. I can't, I cannot have his anointing on me to the capacity that I want to have. I'm, are y'all getting that? Now let's keep reading. But then he says, But you are not in the flesh. And he's kind of given us the benefit of the doubt. How many like when someone gives you the benefit of the doubt? They believe in you. They believe in you. They say, you know what? I, I, I know you're going to do this right. He says, but you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God, what? Dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So no one can be anointed without being saved. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, this is such a powerful verse, I believe the King James says, but if that same Spirit, that same Spirit, how many know there was a powerful Spirit on Jesus when He came out of that grave? More powerful than any Spirit that's ever been on this earth outside of probably creation. When he broke that grave open and defeated death, there was a spirit of power and resurrection on him that we're going to feel, and this ought to get you excited, that we're going to feel when the rapture happens. Amen. We're going to feel that power when our bodies go from ink, from corruption into incorruption. From gravity to no gravity. And that says that same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Think about that for a second. That ought to humble us. The same Spirit dwells in me and you that was in Him when He broke out of the grave. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Leave that for just a second. What I see here is that God is saying, when I die to my flesh and I, and I crucify my flesh and I empty myself of my flesh... He is filling me up with that spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And the more empty of my am of myself, the more that power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Amen. It comes out of me to other people. Because why are we anointed? Why do we need the anointing? Is it for our salvation? No, we're saved. Why do we need the anointing? To reach other people. Amen. What was Jesus' great commission? Go into all the world and preach. 
He said, these signs will follow those who believe me. They'll cast out demons. If they touch anything deadly, it won't hurt them. They'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. He said, Those are th- that's why what I need you to go do. And, and it goes back to Luke 4. I'm, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me so that I can feel goosebumps. It's not what it says. And I'm just going to throw this in here. This wasn't in my notes, but I thought about this either yesterday or today. This is very important. Talent and ability. Now let me just back up for a second. There are many times when I'm talking about something that's been happening a lot lately. How many of you have been talking about something spiritual and your hair stands up on your arms? Like, whoa, like you felt that. I love that. That's great. It's powerful. That's the anointing of God. It's the power of God. But the difference between the anointing and talent is talent will give you goosebumps. The anointing changes things. So someone could come into a service where talent is here or, or, even, or even the presence of God is here in a certain sense, but people leave still sick. People leave still unsaved. People leave and their marriages are still a mess. People leave and their financial problems are still there. But where the anointing is, maybe we don't feel goosebumps, but when we leave, our marriage is restored. Maybe we don't feel goosebumps, but we get to the doctor and we don't have gestational diabetes in our, in our womb anymore. And so it's not about the goosebumps. Those are great when they happen. It's about the anointing that brings results. So Jesus said, I've been anointed to break these chains, to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind. We need fruit. So that's why we need his anointing. So if that spirit that, lit, that raised Christ from it dwells in you, it says, and that same spirit dwells in you, let's go to the next verse, 13, 12, sorry, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, does anybody notice there in that verse that he's asking us to do something? Who puts, who puts the, the, the deeds of the body to death? We do. On a daily basis. That's why I talked last week about what are we doing on Thursday at 3.19 p.m. What are we doing on Saturday at 6 a.m.? I don't mean necessarily exactly what you're doing. I'm saying, are you in the spirit or is it just Sunday? How many know there's a lot of Christians in this world that are holy on Sunday? Kind of Holy. God's not looking for that. He's looking for lifestyle Christians, people who live it every day. Now, as the musicians are coming, right on cue, look at this last verse. So so important. For as many as are led by the Holy Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We cannot be led by the Holy Spirit, if His anointing is not upon us. When His anointing is upon us, we are the sons of God. Amen? I want you to know tonight, church, that God has anointed us. But He has a greater anointing than we're walking in. And you have to catch that, too. It's like everything else I've been telling you all month. 
which isn't even very, very long yet. It seems like we're already at the end of the month in, in the sense of what we feel like God is doing. We're only the first weekend. And I have some super exciting news to tell you guys on Sunday. And we're only going to be halfway through the month. God is doing tremendous things in this, in this month. He's fulfilling his word. But he's not done. I don't believe we've even scratched the surface yet on what God wants to do in the rest of this month. But us, amen, let's give the Lord a praise for that, amen. But we have to tap in to the anointing that God has for us. And we haven't done that yet. It's faith. It's belief. It's unselfishness. It's humility. It's dying to my flesh and allowing the spirit to lead me. It's saying, God, I want, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, less of me and more of you. As John the Baptist says, I must decrease so that you can increase. That's what God is looking for. And, and all throughout the Bible, we saw this in Samuel at the very beginning of the message. Samuel comes and anoints David and says, you're the man. You're, you're the anointed one. And there's something powerful about somebody praying over you and speaking life over you, having a covering. That's what we have in a church like this. We have a covering. Any ministry that exists in this church has a covering. By, by God's people... And, of course, by Christ, the head of the church. So I want to pray tonight for anybody who wants more anointing. And I'm going to pray for myself. Because I want more anointing. I want God to use me more. I want to ask, and we're going to stay online for this, because I know some people online want more anointing too. For tomorrow night specifically, I want to ask John, if he's at a... If he's not in here, someone can maybe cover him. Jesse and Nestor and Casey to come up here real quick. I want to pray over you guys tonight. They've been doing not all, but a lot of the preaching on the street. I want to pray for a greater anointing over you guys tonight. Just come stand right here in the middle. And then we're going to pray for others as well. But, but I, I believe that God's got a greater anointing. It takes a lot of boldness to grab that microphone and talk. And uh, I'm going to pray for some others too. They're not the only ones that have done it, but I know that they're doing the, mo the, 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 the most of it, the grunt of it. So let's stand tonight across this place. And we're going to pray for anointing, greater anointing. Now, this has to do, obviously, with you guys, what I just talked about. You have to empty yourselves. You have to humble yourselves. You have to keep seeking the face of God. You have to keep asking the Lord to... Let it be less of you and more of him. And, and uh, I, I, like I said a couple weeks ago, I want to see people walking down that sidewalk and turn around and ask for Jesus or get healed. I mean, supernatural things. Amen. So God wants to take us to another level. So just to extend your hands, if you would, tonight towards these men. Father, I pray tonight for a greater anointing. Lord, you said as you walked into that temple, you said, you have anointed me to preach the gospel, to preach the good news. And Lord, I pray for a special anointing, a greater anointing, a powerful anointing upon these men. Lord God, that you would put a burden in their hearts tonight, Father, more than they've ever had in their lives to separate themselves. 
Lord, to spend time in prayer. Father, to listen to your voice. Lord, to walk in the unction and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yokes of bondage, Father. God, I pray that you would put a spirit in them like Jeremiah had, where he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I cannot stay quiet. I cannot keep my mouth shut. God is speaking something through me, and I must speak. But God, as they do that, as they open their mouths as oracles of God on that square, I pray, Lord, that they would spend time with you in prayer that they would consecrate themselves, that they would humble themselves, that they would seek your holiness, and Lord, they would die to their flesh. They would say no to those temptations that the devil puts in front of them. And God, they would be greater anointed tonight and tomorrow and going forward than they've ever been anointed before. Cover them now. Cover them, Father. Give them that same anointing you gave David, Father, as Samuel anointed him, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As they stay here, if you're here and you've been out there, come up here real quick. You've been out to the square. You've held a sign. Mamie, you get up here next to Nestor. Mamie grabs that microphone and preaches. Mamie does an amazing, amazing job. Amen? Makes his daddy want to cry in pride, huh? you've been out that square come up here just we're going to pray over you specifically and then we're going to do do another prayer in just a moment here boldness more boldness more anointing even holding the sign just standing there passing out a track more boldness more anointing but again it has to be a decision we make to empty ourselves amen extend your hands to these people father tonight we pray for a greater anointing over all these men. I want to ask you to come over to uh, Tiffany and Tito and join. You guys come over here more to the middle. Come over here, all the way over. Come over. Jeff, come over here a little more. Maybe more in the middle. Amen. Lord, a greater anointing over these men and women tonight, Father. Boldness. Boldness of the Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, an anointing, Lord, that when people look at them, they see Jesus. When people look at them, they see hope. When people look at them, they're drawn, Lord, not to something that's somebody that's better them than them, but somebody who has found hope, somebody who has found peace, somebody who has found transformation, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray for a greater anointing upon these people going out to the square and preaching and holding signs. God, we pray that tomorrow night the best is yet to come. We pray there's going to be such a heaviness of the Holy Spirit. God, that people will be drawn to listen to them. People will will not be able to walk by without being healed, without being touched, without being transformed, without being convicted of their sins, Father. Oh, we pray for greater anointing tonight, Lord. Greater anointing, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus and devil, you are defeated. You cannot lie and you cannot deceive. Father, I pray that these men and women would humble themselves and die to their flesh and open their hearts up to be used more. In Jesus' mighty name.
in Jesus' mighty name. If you're here tonight and you're still back there and you want a greater anointing, I want you to come up here. There's lots of room on this side. God wants to give us a greater anointing tonight. Just come close to the front. We're going to pray for a greater anointing tonight, a powerful anointing. Amen. Come on, just come on up. Make room. Push, push yourself up to the front. He's here. How many know, as I said Sunday, He's here? He is your anointing. He is your anointing. He, he, the anointing that's here that is in you tonight is what's going to make your family come to Christ. It's going to make even your enemies come to Christ because of the anointing that's upon you. Father, over all these men and all these women and all these teenagers, we pray for a greater anointing tonight, Father. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your Spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. And Father, we pray not only for those that are standing here at this altar, but those that are in their living rooms tonight, those that are at work, those that are in their cars, Lord, those that will watch this later, that are desiring to be used by you, Father, less of us and more of you tonight, God. Lord, we decrease so you will increase, Father. Lord, we thank you for the harvest that's coming because you're giving us a greater anointing. You're giving us a greater power. You're giving us a greater discernment of the Holy Spirit. You're giving us a hunger for the things of God, Father. And we want to be totally filled with the greatest, most powerful anointing that we can have in our lives tonight that breaks the yokes of bondage. In the mighty name of Jesus, we receive it tonight. We walk in it tonight. We die to our flesh tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. As we stay in this attitude of prayer, maybe you're watching online tonight or you're here in this place and you're not saved. You're not born again. Your name's not in the Lamb's book of life. And tonight Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to open up your blind eyes. He wants to give you peace and hope. If you're here tonight, just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved. Just lift it up. Put it right back down all across this place. I need salvation. God sees your hand. Amen. Maybe you're watching online. You need salvation tonight. We're going to pray for you. Just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I fall short of your glory. Jesus, I believe your word that is coming alive to me at this very moment. You are opening up my eyes. Take me tonight from the powers of Satan to the powers of God. Open my eyes from darkness to light. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose from the dead and defeated death. Open my heart. Open my mind. Open my life to you and your power and your anointing. Forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. I believe in you tonight. And I accept you and receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Who's got to sing? Hallelujah.
worship him. Jesus. Oh, he's the holy, holy and anointed one. He's here. Jesus. Oh, sing it again, Jesus. receive his anointing tonight. Jesus, holy and anointed one. Oh, let's sing it again. anointing. Just lift up those hands to the Lord and say, Lord, fill me tonight with your power. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Oh, anointed one. Jesus. His name. from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet with your anointing. Jesus. 
Open blind eyes tonight, Jesus. Oh, we empty ourselves of us tonight, Lord. Holy and anointed one, Jesus. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your speech is like one to my soul. Lift your hands one more time. His anointing is here. His anointing is here. Receive it. Receive it. Receive a greater anointing. Yes, Jesus, I love you. One more time. Your name, your name is like honey on my lips. Your Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.